Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. And sometimes the bottom 100 as well. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. I'm Luke. And this week we're continuing our summer of 1999 with a movie that is actually technically in 1999. This is a first for us, ladies and gentlemen. We've actually reached the point of our 99 season where we're dealing with Your movies tone, that are Darren. unambiguously 1999. Excited and positive. <laughs> and it's great because we're finally here. Ironically enough, this will be the first episode we release in September. So, uh, you know, it's not really a summer anymore, but still... That's grand. We invited Luke on to help us, to join us, to talk about this momentous occasion. The first 1999 movie that we're covering. A big deal for us. Uh, but yeah, before we jump into that, let's let's lay the scene a little bit. It's it's March 12th, 1999. This, this again. <laughs> <laughs> Can y'all feel that? Can y'all feel that? New flight control, Buzz Lightyear. Lift off to adventure. His super gravity detector tells him where he's flying. Hey, this planet is upside down. Turn me over. Yes, sir. But I got a pretty good reminder about life its own self when my daughter, one of our twins, said, Daddy, I've been reading the polls. You're not nearly as cool as the people think you are. <laughs> well... We have to have Joan and Ted Birkin. That's a no-brainer. Technically, that's two no-brainers. Forget the Birkins. <laughs> Who else? Oh, wait a minute. You can't just steamroll over me. I want the Birkins. Oh, I don't. Well, I do. Max Steel, fighting for grip with the strength of steel. The adventure continues as Max trains in a secret warehouse. But Psycho has created an evil robot to take him down. <laughs> Beat it, Tin Can. <laughs> Believe I share. Oh, sorry, what, what, what date in March is it? It's March 12th. Okay, yeah. So it's Darren Mooney's birthday. Yeah. It's a couple of days after Darren. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, after my 12th birthday. Um, but yeah, so Believe I Share is taking the top spot. No Scrubs has just entered the top 10 at number 10. I Still Believe by Mariah Carey has peaked at 6. Angel by Sarah McLaughlin is holding firm at 4. Miami by Will Smith has reached number 19. Do you know it never actually peaked higher than 17 on the Billboard Top 100? Really? I find that remarkable. Despite how ubiquitous Miami is. They were going to Miami when he was on. Needed, and needed a movie tie-in. Yeah, that's an it example. Did, it yeah. did. Uh, Wild Wild West, unfortunately, did get much higher. But we'll talk about that later. At the box office, analyze this Wild is... Wild West got higher than my... my yeah. Home. Yeah. Wicked Wicked Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Is it just kids then that buy music? Or... These days? Or those days? I suppose. I don't know. Well, at least somebody was buying music in those days. At the box office, um, analyze this is holding the top spot for its second week. We're in the March doldrums at the moment. This is the dumping ground for all the crap that studios what? just want to release <laughs> into the wild. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> the Rage Carry 2 has entered at number two. Other new entries include Mark Wahlberg and Chow Yun-Fat in The Corrupter at four. Michelle Pfeiffer in The Deep End of the Ocean at number six. And Wing Commander 
starring Freddie Prince Jr. is a new entry at number seven. So this is like peak season right here. We're post-awards fair, pre-summer, whatever crap you've got, just dump it out and hope that people will be happy to saying it. looking at kind of weeks where, where movies came out and all the top ten you've seen? Yeah, it's this not, is... A, not one of those weeks. Not one of those weeks, unfortunately. It's funny because March is the summer now. Yeah. For, for when they bring out movies and that. Yeah. Um, Obviously not the case. Back then. <laughs> but it was 300 was the one that broke it, wasn't it? Snyder's 300. Yeah. Which was that. enough to get him, you know, Man of Steel, uh, Batman vs. Superman and Justice League. That was a check that just kept on cashing for a very, very long time. But that was the idea, was that it was 300 that proved you could do a summer movie in March. Um, that's 2009. Seven? Seven-ish, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so no, we're we're not there yet. The it most shows that if you've done one good movie, <laughs> you can do get three bad ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like this may be a point that we return to later in this particular podcast. Um, the most viewed television episode of the week was the dinner party, an experimental six season Frasier episode set in real time, following a dinner party as it falls apart for Niles and Frasier. Oh, that's Are a really good episode. That, I, I wish I had watched that <laughs> instead of what we're talking yes. about today. <laughs> into doing those live episodes of they did that with Eeyore as well. around the same time yeah. as well and the X-Files did long take episodes this season as well so it did one where it was the Wizard of Oz but it was a series of five long takes uh, which was quite impressive also there were Nazis and it was a boat in the Caribbean but aside from that it was exactly like the Wizard of Oz um, a meets rope 60 Minutes had aired a segment called The Shame, uh, the Shame of Srebrenica uh, covering the massacre. Christina Applegate's short-lived sitcom Jesse cracked the top five with an episode called The Parent Trap, which I suspect is a theme we'll come back to. Um, did the top wins- five of what? Uh, the Nielsen ratings for the week. Okay. Um, what was number six? <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll actually have the answer to that. Um, on March 7th, George W. Bush announced his exploratory committee for his presidential bid. On March 9th, Elizabeth Dole announced her own plans to run The Wife of Bob. Um, the House debated sending troops to Kosovo. Clinton would make that decision later in the month. A series of bombings in Istanbul uh, would happen over the weekend, killing dozens of people. Trace back the Korea separatists, the PKK. And also, Baby Geniuses was released. Hard to say what the worst of those events <laughs> is. Yeah, so Baby Geniuses, which is directed by Bob Clark, is I think the 23rd worst movie of all time. I think it might be the worst movie I've ever seen. I think, it, yeah, it may, it, 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 it may be mine as well. I like that we're not playing our cards close to each other. Just like getting well, playing it out there. I mean, we're saying at around this time of the the podcast, like we're not revealing anything about the no, movie just, other than does it belong in the bottom one hundred? You can yeah. skip it be on the our usual own? questions. Yes. because I'm um, the one with questions. Would we Number one, that people never watched it. <laughs> yeah. Number one, how could you do this to me? <laughs> the summer of 1999. Like some of the greatest <laughs> Hollywood films of all time. So I get the, the Matrix, Fight Club, American Beauty, uh, The Sixth Sense, though. and Luke ends up on this. Well, it's because you, what did you do to us? Yeah, to deserve this. <laughs> to deserve this. It was more along the lines of like, you know, you like on film in Dublin and on your other podcast, the Breakout World podcast, you, you know, you've immersed yourself in a world of cinema that is not regarded as kind of the... The heights of the form, so to speak. That's true. So I figured Plus, you were coming over here. Babies one- have the ultimate little dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> Not the ones in this movie, which is one of my oh, yeah. many problems. Oh, with yeah. It. yeah, this is. Uh, we'll, we'll talk. I suspect we'll be talking a great deal about how this is a, a, 
I was going to say surprisingly, but I'm going to settle on worryingly horny movie. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I know kind of on some of my old movie blogs and that, I would very commonly kind of go through terrible movies to kind of ironically tear apart. I had my own summer project actually a few years ago where I watched some of the old Batman serials, which... Was, oh, the 40s ones, the yeah, racist ones. Yeah, it's not really that fun because no, they're all really they, racist. They just keep going. Oh, um, God. Um, yeah, even I who like Batman I'm like yeah so I remember actually a few years ago this film was on Netflix and I put it on and I think we got about two minutes into it before I found the low bar <laughs> and probably turned it off and hadn't revisited it yeah until now well that's well that was enough to render you an expert of the people I knew in ba- in baby geniuses part of the shared baby universe along with baby driver you know I mean in the same way that, like, a heroin addict awesome. is a expert in <laughs> heroin, doesn't mean it's responsible for you to... <laughs> to, to inject it directly into you. Oh, we need to know. It does take uh, probably less than, yeah, two minutes. But two minutes seems like a, a, a decent amount of time to, to figure out that the things the movie is trying to do <laughs> just aren't going to work. Because... Uh, they're bad ideas to begin bad, with. Bad, and, bad, and they're bad, bad ideas. ideas executed in a, frankly, horrific manner. When we get <laughs> when we get past the spoiler zone, I will reveal the exact moment that made me tap out because I, I saw it again here and I was like, oh, can't do it this time. I have social commitments. <laughs> signed the contract, damn it. I signed yes. the contract. But yeah, so this is apparently the only truly terrible movie released in 1999, according to IMDb. On the bottom 100, it's littered with the wrecks of kind of bad 80s movies, bad 90s movies. This is the only one from 1999. I guess we're going to ask the question then, which is, is this, do you think that this movie belongs on a list of the 100? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's dropped. You realize that actually by appearing on this, you've volunteered in inverted commas for Super Geniuses, Baby Geniuses 2, which is somehow, <laughs> this is the 23rd, this is the 23rd worst movie. Super Babies is the second worst. They couldn't get that Super, um, what the, what was this movie? <laughs> baby Super Geniuses? Geniuses? They yeah. couldn't get that Baby Geniuses magic back. For the for second the one. Yeah. It's worth noting, by the way, this is directed by Bob Clark, which is kind of sad in its own way because Clark is a director who maybe didn't have the best career he isn't like what many people consider a great auteur but he's he left his mark on cinema in a certain in a to a certain extent his sort of diaper gravy on cinema he was responsible he's actually done a number of usually influential films so Christmas Story the Darren McGowan That's film. Right. Uh, he's responsible for that one. Black he, Christmas. Right? Black Christmas. Is, uh, so uh, Christmas Story is one of those feel-good movies that's always on Hallmark and Hallmark. Lifetime. That's it. But it was it was a cinematic release. Um, ah. But it was it also stars Zach Ward, who is a muse of oh. Uwe Ball. I so be- we'll be coming back to him in a little. while. I believe there's also the don't don't they don't they do a Christmas um, uh, movie channel? Yeah, it's down kind of near the bottom. Yes. Uh, yeah, like close to Sony movie and movies for men. Yeah. And there was um, a while where I think that they did 24 hours of a Christmas story, where they are 20, a Christmas story 24 hours straight. They did something this year, which was, uh, I think they've done it before, which is Christmas in July. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That they yeah. obviously uh, finished with like ago. Given that it's, it's now you know Septemberish at this point, but uh, Clark also he directed as you pointed out Black Christmas, which is famous as one of the first slasher movies. It was a huge inspiration on John Carpenter's Halloween. Um, it is a movie about a maniac, a sex maniac in a Santa costume who brutally murders his way through a sorority. It is um, an interesting film. When Mostly for this? 1974, so about five wow. years before Yeah, Halloween? kind of well ahead of the, the trend curve, of, yeah. of kind of slasher movies yeah. and that. This movie's set at Christmas-ish. Yeah, that's, it's an interesting one. It's released in March, but set it's at like Christmas. It's Shane Black. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think this... <laughs> I don't think it was quite a, like I don't think it was an auteur move on the part of Bob Clark who by the way gets a co-writing credit here I imagine what happened is he's like this is going to do great at Christmas the studio saw it and we're like um, by the way it's Columbia it's, of course it's Columbia they were like dear god what have we done um, there was a lot of co-writing with this there was a lot of like not writing the movie and realising we can write this later We'll um, come back and fill in the details later. Yeah, yeah. It's never lots, of, lots of bits where, like, they 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 do that a lot in in um in in these bad movies where you. I, I think we we spoke about it with Holmes and Watson. No, oh, where it's like you get you put something in to get it done as a placeholder, and normally you go back and fill in the details or round it out or yeah, do yeah. something with it. But you and you you put in like kind of um, first idea, you, best idea. You dub it over with some oh ADR. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of ADR here, and there's a, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I think <laughs> almost entirely. <laughs> yeah. Yes, almost entirely. Clark was also responsible for uh, Porky's and Porky's too. Oh, it's very influential, yeah. Yeah, what well, is actually? A lot of people have seen those movies, yeah. myself included. And that was his first collaboration with Kim Cattrall. He puts his wiener through the... Yes, yes, he does. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. Um, not, is that how it is? That's that's how you see it as an inspiration. Clark, yeah. That wasn't Bob Clark's I don't wiener. believe that was Bob no, Clark's. Okay. Um, thank you, Andrew. But, uh, yeah, so... I can't remember if it was an actual wiener. But anyway, anyway, uh, pork, none of those movies on the bottom 100. This one is, and it's sequel ba- uh, Super Babies, which... Clark also directed. He was apparently in pre-production on the third one when he died in a car accident, but the franchise has continued on in his spirit. It's on its seventh movie now, I believe as well. There were talks of adapting it for television uh, at one stage, uh, including John Voight. Um, But yeah, so Baby Geniuses is a thing that exists and is a big deal. That makes me so sad. (laughs) Inside. Uh, So uh, um, John Voight nearly... Turned down Ray Donovan. <laughs> to do Baby <laughs> to do Genius, Baby Genius <laughs> the TV series. Yeah. Um, I'll get you next time, baby. Unless he was the voice of the Baby Geniuses. I think he was the villain. See, but this lives on, though, doesn't it? In like the Boss more. Baby, which yeah. is also a massive <laughs> Monstrous, like, yeah. It's, it's got a TV series now on yeah. Netflix, and they're going to do sequels, and it's kind of permeated Pop cultural culture. consciousness for some I, reason. Yeah. Well, I think this was, this was around the time, this was about five years after Look Who's Talking Now, right? And stuff like that. So, the, mm. like, it was around the time the talking babies were a thing. They, they made a choice, though, in Look Who's Talking and in, I suppose we, we don't want to talk too much about it, but in Look Who's Talking and Boss, but just to give an idea to people what they should expect, this, this is a, a, a bad movie that's difficult to... It's but it, probably like, articulate. If, if you like our podcast, I suppose <laughs> maybe go ahead and watch this terrible movie. But if 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 you're just listening to this podcast to figure out whether you should watch it or not, 
don't. <laughs> Dear God, no. Yeah, we normally say like, uh, once we've gone through all our questions, stop, watch the movie. Come back and Come back and listen. Back and listen. No. In this case, we could say kind of... No, I think... Stop, I think stop the podcast. You count as a listen. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go outside, get some fresh air. Call someone you love movie. and tell yeah. them how much you love them. But um, the choice that they make in those movies, Look Who's Talking and Boss Baby, is to have adults... Um, actors. actors so like Bruce Willis give or their voice Alex to Bolton. it yeah whereas just, here uh, here they don't yeah um, which is like there's such a litany of bad uh, decisions yeah. yeah I don't think that's even anywhere near the no, top of the no, bad but choices but it, kind of pyramid it, it definitely contributes it's, it is it's a foundation stone of it I think to a certain extent alright then I guess we'll segue neatly into the spoiler zone spoiler zone uh, so Luke what is Baby Geniuses about for you? Baby Geniuses is the nadir of two particular cultural trends of, of, of the 90s, I suppose, if you want to look at it, a 90s <laughs> artifact. Firstly, as you mentioned, the whole like movies about babies thing, which is very limiting if you're a director or a storyteller or an audience member. Yeah. But also this is kind of the it's kind of the nadir of a very powerful cultural trend of the nineties, which was kid power. Yeah. There were, there were a lot of animals talking. Yeah, also at that time. I guess pe- Was that coming from the Disney films possibly, where you, you relegated the Disney like around the Renaissance time you had quirky animal sidekicks voiced by people like, you know, uh, Gilbert Gottfried or um You don't have to uh, pay them as much, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> for the performance yeah but yeah it, it, i think the effect of kid power which was a very pervasive cultural thing in the 90s or something that we're still parsing through today <laughs> i worry that it is uh it has seeped into our lives in ways that we have not yet processed all right the, what is kid what power? Are, yeah i about to say i feel like there's an elaboration <laughs> needed here okay so i was a kid of the 90s all right and Obviously, in the 1980s, when kind of regulations and stuff in America changed about advertising to kids and and kind of stuff like that, and with kids spending more time at home with for different reasons, both their parents working or, or yeah. stuff like that, kids were getting advertised to more. Yeah, you know, it's like you the got, latchkey kids sort of generation yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So you got stuff like Teenage Ninja Turtles, Transformers, all that stuff, very yeah, much targeted towards like kids. Toys, yeah, but the view from the top was very much that. Kids are stupid and they'll kind of buy whatever. And if we just bombard them with stuff, they'll buy it. Yeah. Which kind of shifted in the 90s when they had that bedrock of a customer base, if you will, at that point into directly telling those kids that, like, you're smarter than the grown-ups and, like, really kind of putting them in charge and really getting kind of a kick out of kids succeeding kind of ahead of adults like the whole nickelodeon gunging thing yeah. that's super 90s or when getting i getting even up, with dad with mcconey culkin and ted danson yeah that sort home of stuff alone yeah. being such a, a big hit and then movies like this ripping off home alone in, in different ways um i remember when i was a kid there was a there was a game show called get your arm back um which would pit I remember, kids yeah. against their parents in like fun challenges and stuff and well, like the end goal was humiliation right yes the parents, exactly yeah. the idea is like if you win someone else gets humiliated yeah and if the kids won the parents would get gunged right 
if the parents won, this always stuck with me because it was harrowing. I mean, I'm sure it didn't actually happen, but seeing it was very traumatizing. They'd take like a beloved like object of the kid, again, commercialization, like one of their favorite toys or whatever, and they would destroy it. <laughs> like blow it up? Like usually it would get crushed in something. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and like... I love that this is this is preparing kids for high-stakes gambling. But, like, you know... Like, not my puppy. <laughs> <laughs> not my baby sister. Um, but in terms of the media and in terms of the kind of advertising that was targeted towards kids at that time, there's lots of, like, it's extreme, it's obnoxious, yeah. it's about being rude and cool and, and, and all that kind of thing. Maybe Bart Simpson was responsible a bit yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then that kind of starts to... In, as you get to the end of the 90s, you've got like South Park coming in there, which is more confrontational yeah. still. And like when I was, a, I was kind of six or seven, eight at that time. And it was very much like, oh, you weren't allowed to watch it, which then so you, contributed yeah. to the, well, yeah, screw you, I'm going to watch it anyway. Yeah. It's a weird kind of. Because South Park would have launched around this time as well, 1999. Yeah. yeah. They've always said it. Oh, um, like kids would go up to them and say, like Trey Park and Matt Stone and say, oh, I love your show. And it's like, you're kids you shouldn't be watching this show of course it's gonna like it's not for kids but it's going to attract kids yeah which so the kids that do end up watching it it's also like a defiant thing as well yeah like pro wrestling was also massive in the 90s and with the people on top at that time again like your steve austin's and that it's all very much attitude yeah and get one over on the (laughs) authority and, and all this kind of thing and yeah that kind of you, that all kind of comes here being committed by a toddler a karate toddler uh. <laughs> by the way I, sh- I should point out actually I've mentioned on the podcast before watching movies with Andrew is a delightful experience because you get to experience not only your own experience of it but occasionally Andrew will give emotional cues on how he's feeling at a given moment and there's a lot of this movie where there'd be something that would happen and it would sound like pain that's the only way to describe the ambient noise that was coming from the. Uh... Yeah, and it, it's gonna it, like it's gonna be difficult to get across to the listeners. Like, like the 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 look on my face throughout a lot of this movie is just kind of disgust, disappointment. I, I, I it's just it's sick, it's sick of this movie. Like re, re, really like quick, immediately. Well, the two minute yeah. threshold. And, yeah, because yeah. it. So it kind of. I suppose my point there is that it kind of marries the. Babies and, and and animals or whatever are cute. So we that's that's a movie. That's yeah. ninety minutes is, right. is something being cute. I can't with believe it was only ninety minutes. Obnoxious, like stuff for kids should be obnoxious and have <laughs> yeah. an attitude. The combination of that saccharin and that like sass, yeah, is that... one of the worst things I've seen. Not just in a movie, but in anything ever, 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 ever. Yeah. So Cause the. the... The positive comments on IMDb was like, I don't get why there's all this hatred for a movie. Sure, it's not Citizen Kane, but it's a cute movie. I, l- I not, love sure it's, it's not, not Citizen Kane it's as defense. <laughs> I think that's it's fantastic. Like, wasn't trying to be a serious, highbrow movie. You guys are barking up the wrong tree. You can't criticize on that grounds. It's a cute, sweet movie. It's not cute. It's not sweet. <laughs> I feel like I should put that at every at the start of every negative review. <laughs> sure, Polar isn't Citizen Kane, but so yeah. So about two minutes into this movie, a baby does karate on a grown man, and that was the point. A few Not years the point ago. where he got the water in his face, where he spit no, the water. You managed to get past that. 
Yeah. It starts with a baby so jailbreak. In case listeners who haven't watched the movie have kind of just decided to plow ahead with the podcast. Well, no, because you movie- see, that's, that's true, but it starts in terms of the, the, the moral rot of this movie. Yeah, okay. The fact that there are babies in prison in the first place, Darren. <laughs> like you have to go one step further back. One movie where there's orphanages that are kind of like prisons. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's the, the tr- basis of this. Oh, it, it, this, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about like the Truman Show-ness of it in a moment <laughs> anyway. But yeah, it, it, it begins and then there's the baby jailbreak, at which point the, the movie's... Like, you talk about the moral rot of the movie. And actually, yeah, we, let's talk about the moral rot of the movie. This is a deeply, deeply disturbing film on a conceptual level. It's that combination of sass and the weird emphasis that it has on being crude and rude and in your face, man. Yeah. Like the, the habitual use of geniuses. Yeah. It's and they keep stupid using a jerk. Sly man. Sly man. All right. <laughs> Sylvester, AKA Sly man. Um, it's like, screw you. Kiss my ass. Have a cow, man. There's a, Don't yeah. have a cow. There's the bit where he tells, you know, Dr. Kinder to wear, if you're going to talk out your ass, you should wear a bow tie on your butt. Um, and it's like, what? What is the audience? Which is, this? first of all, like a baby shouldn't be saying <laughs> Second of all, it's bad dialogue because you kind of are like, wait, bow tie. Okay, but it's on the ass or the head. Okay, it's terrible. Yeah. It'd be bad dialogue if it was meant for a stupid person. Yeah. Yeah. But As aside for a baby genius. Yeah. They're like the Don't mess with the sly man. Oh yeah, that's what he keeps on saying. Yeah. I feel like I was writing down a whole lot of just boring, bad uh, dialogue. And, And it's just like everything that comes out of his mouth. I mean, there's even like, there's a point where there's a chubby baby and one of the other babies says, what? Never heard of Weight Watchers? Yeah, which is just horrific as well. Yeah, it's it's just, it's, I'm completely thrilled. Oh, do I have time to go potty? Potty, you're wearing the potty. And the bit where they they hypnotize Don Delaney. They don't have a cow, Basil. Yeah, that is the joke. Uh, The bit where they hypnotize Dom DeLuise, which is like, it's a strange plot development anyway. But it becomes this weird sadistic thing, this power thing. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure it lives on now on clipsforsale.com. <laughs> I imagine. Make him wiggle his tongue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's, and it's so, so incredibly mean-spirited. But yeah, so it's like, hey, we've got this plan, but let's have a bit of fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's only another human being. Um, and it was like stuff like that that made me, like, I was amazed that because you told me before watching it that it was 90 minutes the amount of like extraneous stuff in in this movie where the scenes oh, go on to do long they are vamping of, to get to that things are really <laughs> slow um yeah absolutely the the the, the um the scene with um well a couple of scenes with uh with jim hanks and sam mcmurray sam mcmurray by the way was kind of a was a bit of a shining light. Like there were a few moments. Are these the in... two guys from the Water and Power? Yes, goons. The go- oh god, yeah, I have that in my notes as well, <laughs> with a lot of exclamation marks. I was yeah. looking at him and thinking, "Is that Tom Hanks?" No, it's not Tom Hanks. It is Jim Hanks, though. <laughs> His brother, Jim Hanks. Oh, that's kind of sad yeah. in a way. Um, but Sam Sam McCauley is the first. Sam McMurray 
is the first actor to kind of go up the stairs. Yeah. And I quite enjoyed him in in in, in that. In, in as that. far as yeah. you can enjoy something in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the, but, the, but the scene. Yes. And it's terrible and they repeated uh, yes, a, a, a second time and he's the the I literally have the word twice. Like, yeah. yeah, I have they did the same thing written down in my notes. <laughs> before before your man comes up the stairs cuz it's like a pratfall. We won't even I don't know if there's much Explain. Well, here's here's the dialogue. What well, the movie thinks there's a point to explain. Stupid movie. Yeah, you must be Sylvester. I've heard about you and your karate. I'm a black belt. <laughs> Care to but, try me, son? But I like now, I like the way Sam McMurray delivers that. Now I, I guess I, you I expect me to step on this ski, and you'll jump on the end, and the other end will hit me in the gonads, and I'll scream and fall down the stairs. Is that right? I think you've seen too many bad movies, pal. And then it happens twice with the same dialogue. It's like such a cry for C, help. <laughs> Somebody's would. clearly gone to Bob Clark or to whoever being like, oh, it's, it's real funny when like people get hit in, 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 groin. in the groin. Uh, I want a scene like that in our movie. The only thing that would have saved it if was if they had done it a third time. Yes. <laughs> that would have. That's the comedic rule of three yeah. in terms of timing, and it is, and it's the exact same shots as well. They probably even recycle the same shots. The, of the Jim, slime man, Jim, Jim, Jim Hanks, it, like it feels like he's going to do it because the director said, "I'm not sure. I'm not sure that works." Jim, do you want to do this as well? We'll see which one is better. It's like they're both great. They're both and, gold. Well, Jim Hanks's version of it seems very kind of like low energy, and um, and they keep it even in the movie. It's in the movie. Yeah, but yeah. they could have come up with like there's a thing in Home Alone. If if Home Alone was kind of just just this, this same thing. Happening over and over again. Joe Pesci and if they if they just kept getting hit in the head with the iron, it's giving me a new appreciation for Home Alone. Actually, (laughs) (laughs) variety, so much kind of imaginative stuff that happened. Like like this, the the movie is so um, unimaginative. They have this this scene where um, he constructs this machine that's going to. Um, oh, let, unlock, it, it unlocks the door unlock and the it door. blocks and it blocks the cameras as well. But all it does is listen to the tone that they, the, the, yeah, that that they, the and guy enters on the keypad, which there, he there can't was, reach, by the way. Which he can, he can reach the keypad. Yeah, he, he can't reach the keypad. He can touch the top of it. Like when when he opens it, you just see his hand dangling above it. It's yeah. But make 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 a keypad that the child can't access. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's awful. It's so so bad. And I mean, even even things like the, the weird pop culture, which is tied to the attitude thing. Yep. It's weird insistence on referencing popular culture because that like who is the audience I'm for? <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, that's a separate section on that. But who is the audience for this movie? Like, is it eight-year-old kids? If that's the case. Why are you referencing things like "Oh, behave"? That I lost it. I couldn't <laughs> believe. And this is nineteen ninety nine. The, the year the Spy Who Shagged Me was released. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was but, already played out at that point. Yeah, you know. But I mean, even things like when he refers to the guards as "dumb and dumber," or how Miss Kinder is she's Darth Vader in a skirt, and it's like, dude, 
make your own analogies. Stop referencing pop culture. Like, as a thing, you can tell this is somebody who's watched 90s movies and been like, yeah, we can reference other movies, but... Uh, People have seen 90s movies, but aren't familiar with babies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they... Um, There's a Saturday Night Live reference here. We're gonna, we're gonna have a babies movie. It's like, there could have been lots of people who could have called a stop to this. Who could have said, well, firstly, babies, no. babies can't act. Or do karate. Or do, yeah. yeah. Or they, do dance, complicated dance movies. They can't move very yeah. fast. Yeah. Physics doesn't work different when you're a baby. Um, <laughs> but what if you shoot it in slow motion through a fisheye lens? Like, the slow, yeah. Ma- <laughs> imagine if this scene was like the first 30 seconds, you see like a baby <laughs> running away, then a guard quickly catching up with him, beating the Kit Kat. Out of that baby. The fisheye lens and the repeated use of slow mo yeah. and the having to resort to CGI. Um, Are you familiar with the extent of the CGI they used? <laughs> I did start to notice more and more that the babies didn't look real. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, that, another, another mouth movement, because the yeah. whole thing is like the ba- babies, the whole thing of this movie is that. I actually don't know if I can explain it in a sentence. That babies have all knowledge. That <laughs> the key to this, all knowledge. It's based on the platonic <laughs> idea <laughs> of of of, yeah. of uh, like. It is. It's it's that very nice idea. It's rooted in Tibetan Buddhism, um, because of course it is, and it's exploited for cross commercialist gain, because but, of course it is. But the sorry, idea. Is, sorry, Luke. Good idea. You're you're you're, babies you're about to with explain. all knowledge. So anyway. and they have all language and can communicate to each other uh, in ways that we who have passed the kind of threshold into... We have crossed over. Crossed over into not being a baby anymore. Can't understand. And so this evil organization are trying to exploit the... What, what are the... What, are, what is Baby Genius? They're trying to prove, actually, that this yeah. is the case. What is, what is the evil scheme that Baby Genius's Inc. is up to? Because... Like what is king- b- b- the best way to raise a baby is in an evil orphanage. So that parents will pay them to keep their kids in an evil orphanage I think, for I think the, it's I, the kinder yeah. the idea method of is that once it's been revealed to the world that these babies can do this and then they get the secrets to all life which they are talking about repeatedly in this, oh they want those. the secret of all knowledge that it will be like transformative for society and will kind of enter into a utopian kind of glowing brain future. <laughs> very 1999. Very sort of like Matrix-esque. Because Christopher Lloyd wants to prove that the Kinder method is the superior method yeah. of, of... And wants to of, franchise of it. Of childhood. Childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's his evil plan. It seems to be their evil plan is to raise these kids, figure out the babies are communicating with each other and patent that and make money off it the truth is the movie doesn't know the yeah. movie doesn't know what the point of any of this is so we can't be expected to uh, but it's... so they 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 have a, a whole crew of babies but there's two in particular super geniuses or whatever that they split up one goes to wit normal and family. the sly man yeah <laughs> uh, one wit goes to be raised by like a normal family peter mcnicole and kim cattrall yeah 
and do, yeah, Peter that, McNichol gets to gets to make out with Kim Cattrall in this. Yeah, she she yeah. doesn't really seem that interested though. No, uh, he's really into it. But I mean, <laughs> this movie is sorry. Okay, so we can get into that if you want. Yeah. This movie is way too horny, and it makes yeah. me feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, because. Because because Peter McNichol, they, they they have like an orphanage or something like it's or a daycare it's a center. Center, I think it's called. It's a, they have it's, babies hanging around, like hanging yeah. out in their massive house. So Honey, we're barely able to afford your research facility. Kim Cattrall delivers via ADR like, over a shot of a car driving down a road. So Peter McNichol is like a scientist that like studies babies, and he has some inkling of this secret knowledge. But also, he's like a children's book author or something because yeah. Kim Cattrall says that her aunt stole a giant monstrous robotic baby <laughs> idea, idea from page two of his book which we never see and is never referenced again yeah um yeah I mean it was a horrible uh monstrous baby so it's upsetting from the, from the beginning so they're hanging out at, at, at this facility house daycare center and Peter McNichol's like I want to have another baby because he's, I don't know, he's broody because he's surrounded by them all the time. He's, they've got one child, and then they adopted. They, they adopted, adopted. They adopted, oh, and no, then they had they, a miracle they, baby. They ado- yes, they yeah. adopted. So one they- of them is two years old. The other is eighteen months. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I want to have another baby. And Kim Cattrall's like, oh, maybe next year, which is weird because and then he's like, basically <laughs> pawing at her. And it's not the most disturbing. It's no, it's in the movie. It's a very it's strange weird. scene because it's it's like. It seems like it. It's not so much that he's broody. It seems like in the movie he's horny. He's not he's, broody. Yeah, he's horny. He's very horny. And it seems like the movie's perspective is that for adults, because we're gonna we're gonna circle back around and talk about for non-adults in a moment. But in the world of baby geniuses, for adults, sex is for pre- procreation and not recreation. Yeah. So it's like the only way Peter McNichol's character can get his wife to have sex with him is to suggest trying to make another miracle baby. Because there's a bit where he's pawing at her and she's... she's well, how much is she going to get out of it otherwise? <laughs> well... Does it seem to you like um, her uh, 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 character would, 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 would have... I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm giving doing Peter the, McNichol a uh, disservice. A disservice. But it, it is. It's really uncomfortable because it's it's he is horny and he's like, let's have a baby because then I can have sex. With in Ally McBeal, was it Portia de Rossi or Lucy Liu? I think it was both at very at different points. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So it's. But it is. It's very much along those lines. And she's like, oh, I don't want another baby. And you can tell that, like, because this is a G-rated movie, he's like, yeah, but we could just have sex anyway. Um. That seems to be the angle he's pushing. But it's like, no. Nope. I, I don't think of myself as like a prude or anything. Yeah. But they shouldn't be this explicitly referencing sex in a movie about talking babies. <laughs> like he's very much like. Okay, but we could no. like it's it's so yeah. so strange. It's not really fair to call it subtext. Um because no, it's, it's it's not. Yeah. And I mean, this is following on from a scene in which Sly making a oh, daring yes. escape yeah, through I, the city at night I needed ends up in a ends up in a pram uh with a young woman who a, is a baby. A baby. Sorry, that's, say that's a, a baby. That's a baby. It's very, <laughs> the distinctions here are very important. Yeah, don't, don't be led by <laughs> Darren's terminology. Okay, the, the, Darren, so, the, the movie you just watched—it's—it's it's not a representation. Okay, <laughs> but anyway, so Sly lands in a pram with another baby, 
And they have this horrible kind of like... Let's just say none of that happened. But in the movie. Faux 1940s, right? A dialogue where it's like, hey, babe. Because he calls everybody babe, which is uncomfortable as it stands. But, you know, we'll get past that. Where are we going? And she's like, since I can't walk, I guess we're going wherever my mother's going. And it's like, you know, he says, is that friendly? And she's like, well, what does this look like? The welcome wagon? Look, I got a problem, he says. Take off your clothes. Yeah. She responds with, okay, you could at least take me to dinner first. Oh, it gets worse somehow from there. These are babies, by the way. The next time... Uh, the next time we see them, he's wearing her clothes, climbing out of. Something about oh, Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> he's a racist. Here that. that made no A comedian, sense. he said. Oh, oh we got. Oh, we got a comedian. We got a Canadian. Yeah, we got a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> why do I have, Why do I have all the prams in all the world? Um, but yeah, when oh, he's so as a comedian. Okay. When he's sneaking out of the pram afterwards, she's like, "Call me." And she looks really sad. She, yeah. Is there, is, she, ha- she she doesn't just say calm because no. you're like oh that's uncomfortable because the babies are flirting and while you're still in that feeling of shame and, and, and dirtiness then she's like I'm in the book like she's unlisted she's so horny oh. <laughs> yeah. it's terrible yeah it's really 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 just uncomfortable and unsettling we don't like this she's not the that we're happy about yeah. she's not the only one that that's like. Like, I mean, not only that, like, there's don't the reference. Don't we protest too much and that we actually... <laughs> yeah. There's the reference, there's a bit where, where like, this Dom DeLuise is driving the babies to Baby Geniuses, Inc. And they're doing the chant from Full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah. I don't know what I've been told. Eskimo girls are mighty cold. And it's like... Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, and that's the sound of Darren Nat enjoying. <laughs> just to be clear, in case there was any ambiguity there, yeah, it's grotesque and it's horrific, and it's like like that's what because I've yeah. seen like bad comedies and kind of stupid ideas for movies, but it's that kind of stuff that really tips this over into I hated watching this, this so is much. Deeply, deeply unpleasant. Because yeah, that, that's the thing. It's like it's one thing to have bad ideas; it's a weird thing to repeatedly sexualize babies and think that it gives them an attitude um again i'm, I'm not a prude well, um, I, I, but I'm it's not, like, as 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 a, as uh, as an infant um it is it it is a bit funny for for um for parents maybe the um i i i think as as an infant on holiday, I was given a little straw boater hat with like sex addicts <laughs> <laughs> written on it, which I can imagine would, okay, be, would be funny. The, for, um, the, the humor there comes from the, the the knowledge that a baby's not a sex addict. So yeah. it's funny if they were. Like, if you as a baby turned to your parents and said, I am a sex addict. I don't think they would. Be they, no, I don't I'm think they would be so encouraging right that now. Are getting me to repeat it? Yeah. Well, it's it's worth noting. Like Ebert, actually, Ebert, who described this as one of his most hated movies ever, um, actually observed like bad films are easy to make, but a film as unpleasant as Baby Geniuses achieves a kind of grandeur, and it proves something I've long suspected: babies are cute only when they're being babies. When they're presented as miniature adults, whether on greeting cards, in TV commercials, or especially in this movie, there is something so fundamentally wrong that our human instincts cry out in protest. What about Look Who's Talking? 
what 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 what's happening differently in this to 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 Lucky's talking? Well, look, is, is Lucky's it, talking is, is less overtly sexual. It's also interior as well. Like it's the baby's and it's are, sweet, yeah, as well as well. Like the the um, there's kind of like the the um, Bruce Willis's kind of uh, baby character likes um, uh, John Travolta. Yeah. And want, wants uh, and and believes in their kind of Kirstie Alley and John Travolta's romance. Yeah. Oh, it's and, and it's it's a romantic comedy essentially. Yeah. Where 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 the child kind of like wants um, to urge them on again. Yeah. Oh but my not in a, not in a horny way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I need to clarify there, Luke and Andrew. You have just opened my eyes to something. The modern descendant of this movie is the Talking Dog movie, which is the most millennial version of this ever, because millennials aren't having kids now. So what they have is they have dogs. And the, we're now seeing movies about those dogs, where those dogs have internal dialogue and monologue where they discuss things. And actually, like, The Art of Racing in the Rain, which stars Kevin Costner Dude. as a dog of Milo Vignante, who drives oh, race cars. Is that what that movie is? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a talking dog movie where he learns lessons of life by observing human beings. But it also inserts that uncomfortable sexualization in there with Amanda Seyfried, where Amanda Seyfried shows up and she's dating his owner. And he's like, sometimes I wish that John would pay me the same attention that he paid to her. But then I realized that I would never have her sweet features or her pert behind to catch his attention. And there's a weird, yeah, now that you mention it, it's very, there's a weird straight line that you can draw between those baby movies and the talking dog movies we have at the moment. Well, it's fine to sexualize your dog, but to, to, to do it to a, a the child of, is just disgusting, right? The Art of Racing in the Rain directed by... Um... Lasse Hellstrom, it is not, unfortunately. Um, he directed A Dog's Purpose, I believe. Or a dog's journey home, one of those two, Bob- and also uh, Hatchy. No, what's uh, it's Bobcat Goldthwait now? But yeah, yeah. But so- I, I don't think those movies. I mean, I get, I get your point, but I don't know if they're they're for millennials as. as oh no, such. just reflecting the they're shift. They're for yeah. Facebook ants. Yes, like, and uh, that's who this, you asked who this is for. This was obviously pre-Facebook, but it's for the same kind of type of for evil ants but you were adopted so it's okay you can punch them (laughs) like the 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 ebert stuff you were saying there what it just made me think of and what this movie really reminded me of was there's an episode of the office the the american office where angela the kind of uptight christian uh um accounts lady she's got like a poster of of babies and they're dressed up as jazz musicians (laughs) 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 and this like upsets and enrages one of the other accountants oscar so much that he has to like go to the the hr person and kind of flip out about it (laughs) it's like it this is kitsch this is the opposite of art this is so much more offensive to me than hardcore pornography (laughs) 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 and i never understood that feeling until i watched uh, um baby geniuses all the way through because this is kitsch this is the opposite of art yeah, it's so incredibly cynical. And it, it's that juxtaposition of, it's like, that... Like in, that Incomprehensibly stupid and bad. Yes. Well. Let's not like, undersell this. No, there, She's Dr. Kinder, not Dr. Frankenstein. There's, there's one where they, they get the grotesque giant baby yes. to burp. And yeah. Kathleen Turner turns around and said... Looks, looks. looks. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
sorry. I love Andy's Catholic turning impression. Says, it looks like somebody needs to change his diaper. I'm sorry. Also, also worth noting. And again, I feel bad that I noticed this, but it's the weird bit at the end where the they take them into the indoor Chekhov's amusement park, which is dutifully set up in the first half of the movie, you know? Set up and pay off. You know, got the... I think there was some good construction there. It's not well set up. No, it's not well set up. No, 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 it's not no, well set up. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop 3 does it kind of well. Yeah, yeah, where it's set at a theme park. But anyway, so, that you know, they have the baby there who's a gigantic robot baby, which, by the way... Which if George you've been... Lucas... <laughs> in 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 that scene in Beverly Hills Cop oh, yeah, Three, where they're setting yeah. up the yeah, yeah, well, it's it's George Lucas who he skips to get on the yes. Ferris wheel, I think, because it's popular with cameos from famous directors. But the giant baby here, like again, this is one of those things where it's like if you have the robotics to make that work, feels like your baby genius's project is more of a sideline industry, really. Um, it says a lot that the uh, like creepy clown robot <laughs> with chattering teeth on a stick. <laughs> which is in this theme park for some reason, is not the most terrifying thing that they have. Because <laughs> the, the giant baby, like it, like when I say giant, it's like eight foot tall. Yeah. And it's <laughs> and got blinking eyes and its mouth moves. It was harrowing. But it's uh, this is why I said it's, it's not well set up, because wh- why is there a theme park yeah, <laughs> in the... Even though, I'm talking relatively in the context what, of this there's movie. There's loads of exposition, yeah. but it still didn't make some sense. What and why are why are her family there as well? If I think they're it's not the opening of the yeah. park, which but, is also on top of their laboratory, which is 26 stories underground. What's on stories like minus one through minus 24? I wonder. Do we want to? No, it's like some cabin in the woods. Shit. Oh, all like, their other all creepy of, projects. All of, all of, all of the like the it took thousands of babies to get the 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 five baby geniuses so floor is one minus one to minus 22 are full of baby idiots are different levels of like from 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 the very incapable babies at minus one straight through to the almost confident yeah yeah, exactly like goes missing one from minus 22 is going to be promoted yeah it's worth noting actually rugrats would be released in irish cinemas around the same time as this to give you an idea of the market that we're tapping into here but see the thing about rugrats was like the joke was that they were babies so they didn't get stuff they were they they would have a baby's or what a a writer's view of what a baby's perspective on things would be yeah so and, and like when they went on adventures, they were actually just kind of wandering around their living room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they weren't doing karate. Or flips. But I mean, it, it, the thing I'm that... Swinging on ropes. There are so many things about this. Dancing. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to those. But in terms of the giant monstrous baby, and I feel bad that I noticed this, there's the bit where the baby is chasing the goons through the park and it's got its arms extended and the sly man is talking through the voice activated thing that you've seen earlier in the movie, Chekhov's voice activation. And he's saying, baby want a hog. But, right, he's talking baby this talk. That's what Chekhov intended. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I want when people think of me. <laughs> like a giant monstrous baby saying, baby want a hog. But does that mean the software can translate baby talk? But I guess if you know every language, like, oh. the, again, it's, it's not really... Well explained. You like can if the baby, because because 
at, at certain key points, and by key points, I mean bits where they had no other better ideas on how to move the story along. The babies will just speak to and, Peter McNichol, yeah, and Peter McNichol will just understand. Yeah. <laughs> that was in, in Sufferable. That oh, the, whole, that's the, another thing that slows everything right down. Like, yeah, because like, he's looking at them like lassie yeah. yeah, five minutes at a time. Yeah, <laughs> there's a boy stuck down the old Yeah, there's also a weird. They've got wish, but as long as long as like. Again, like weirdly horny movie, but also weirdly fiscally obsessed movie as well. There's an inordinate amount of time and dialogue spent on his Chapter 40 Research Corporation grant. This and is the to paper- establish that the kids are smart. Because yeah. business people are smart. Right? They're our society's smartest. Yeah. It's... And, and of course, like the fact that when Price when Christopher Lloyd, who apparently business, was, they've got smart, who was apparently only on set for three days or something down in that set, he's like, uh, "You're each paid ten times as much as people in your comparative fields in other companies." Oh, and, and they, they all get, get given a, a raise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 this, again, this is that late nineties sort like, of like prosperous. That's what I found that really confusing because they, they they do like a switcheroo they get yeah because they, they take whip back instead of slime sly escapes they go he goes to like a play i must insist that you call him sly man no, no. <laughs> sylvester sylvester uh and they they bring back the wrong kid and um when they figure this out um what's her name kinder Kinder, yes, yes, is, is she? She's like, wait, no, this is a good thing. She's like, oh no, <laughs> you idiots! But wait, you're not idiots. You're genius. You're genius. <laughs> no, no, she need this right. <laughs> <laughs> No, she's like, yeah, no. Actually, this works in our favor because now we can test the results of our project somehow before it would have been due to have been finished anyway. Yeah. So it's actually well. Okay, there's no point in saying that it's not scientifically sound. But <laughs> but for her to say, no, this mistake works in our favor, therefore you all get a raise. Like, it's very generous. But <laughs> it's not, they didn't do it on purpose. It's insane. <laughs> didn't show an issue. These people ten times what they would get anywhere else. And but somehow I- Peter McNichol is the bad businessman here. Can, can, we, can I ask about um, Christopher Lloyd as well? Like, what's he doing here? <laughs> like in this movie? Collecting a paycheck, I imagine. But see, okay, because for, for most of the 90s, I feel like every movie I watched when I was a kid, Christopher Lloyd was in it. Well, like, <laughs> in uh, Cat Nowhere in the end of Yeah. Uh, the Page Master, like, he was, just like Dom DeLuise as well, it just seemed like when I was a kid, I would just hear those voices or, or see those actors constantly. And it's kind of a, it's a shorthand for if you're a parent in a in a in a chartbusters, you see Christopher Lloyd on the box, you remember Back to the Future, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a movie then. Yeah, <laughs> even if yeah. it's called Baby they Geniuses, put him on, that'll do. They put him on the cover of it, yeah. Yeah, it even though he's very it. little to do in this. Yeah, they could have put Peter McNichol. But it's yeah. like he's an evil scientist in this, and it's Christopher Lloyd. So like, right, okay, he's going to be over the top, crazy scientist, but he's not really doing that at all he's not doing any comedy yeah no he, he's doing like i don't know human centipede evil scientist and not kids movie evil scientist 
the sequence where he's pacing and Sly is mocking him by pacing, that's the only Christopher Lloyd sequence I can really remember outside of the fisheye lens. I, that's about it. Like, he doesn't really get much else to do. There's a moment where she's like, um, we need to clear out of here and have clear walls in three hours. He's like, why do we need that to do that in three hours? And she's like, because blah, 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 blah. Gonna call the cops. Blah, 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 blah. Lichtenstein. Blah, 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 blah. Search warrant. Blah, 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 blah. FBI. Blah, 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 blah. An hour less than that. And he goes, all right, you heard her. Three hours. And the, the way that line is played is it's meant to be a big comedic moment. It's like, ah, he realizes he needs to do this quickly despite protesting. But it's all done in long shot at a distance. So you can't see the individual actors playing the scene. Right. So it just they, feels completely... They have a scene where he's explaining how all five are, are very talented. And all of these kids, in spite of uh, seeming like stupid kids are actually incredible. Like, they're playing um, on on a piano. And it's just like, let's translate it <laughs> to see what this um, what, what, what they're trying to play. It has all the complexity of a Bach or Beethoven when I filter it through a computer algorithm that handily sorts it out and makes it sound sophisticated. Oh, He's probably just grifting them. Yeah. He's like, no, no, it's actually so. <laughs> genius. But I suppose... Funding. I'm worth ten times what you pay anybody else in a similar company. I suppose yeah, what... this is actually like uh, one of those um, kind of fangs. <laughs> <laughs> How are you making any money out of this? <laughs> this is like growth, growth. Yeah. Yeah. Investment, you gotta invest. Um, yeah, have you seen our results? Yeah. But I suppose with Lloyd, it's, it must just be a case that they spent all their money on CGI babies. So they they went to Christopher Lloyd and he's like, right, you got me for three days. Come up with some jokes. And they were like, oh, three days. Come up with jokes. <laughs> that is not the no, pace at no, which we, we work. Yeah. We, we've been working for weeks in pre-production now. We don't have any yet. So you're really yeah. putting us under pressure. It's strange, though. It feels like they're kind of people who don't write uh, jokes. Um, make Making this... Uh, like, some... Some of it kind of, some of it, like there are part, there are a lot, there are lots of parts of the movie that are funny, kind of in spite of, like where he looks at the baby, um, Christopher Lloyd does, and he says, "Look at her intensity," <laughs> and they, they just look at this just stupid baby looking vacantly at nothing but in slow motion, like in that's slow motion, slow motion. As well. yeah, which is how the movie sells all these things. Like, let's talk about... I'm not the... saying they're stupid by the standards of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying they're babies. They're and babies. therefore stupid. Uh, well, it's worth noting the special effects that you mentioned, uh, which pushed the movie into the uncanny valley in a really creepy so way. The mouth... Clint Howard's. <laughs> <laughs> That's really how Little it works. baby Clint Howard. Yeah, because they, they superimpose, they use CGI. It was groundbreaking. Um, and actually, ah, this, ah, ah, ah. they talked to uh, Jacques Stroess, the visual effects supervisor, said, this is breaking new ground. This movie differs from all other effects films because we're enhancing the actors' performances. I mean, an earthquake is groundbreaking, but it doesn't mean that it's a good thing. <laughs> Terry Moore quoted as saying, we're morphing a human face, which is one of the most universally recognized things. We all know what people look like when they speak. We've taken live action footage, erased the baby's mouths, and replaced them with tongues and teeth so they can make it fit all the dialogue in the film. They even, Sometimes we even change cheeks and eyebrows to enhance performance. They even it describe a, it in a disturbing way. 
Yeah, we take out their teeth. We <laughs> remove their teeth. The, the human face is the most recognizable organ on the body. So we just clear that. And <laughs> like they sound not human when they say us humans, we all recognize faces. Yeah. Behind the which, skin there is the embrasures. Yeah. <laughs> no, which, like most people uh, they you know they recognize faces or they can zero in on a face in things where it's not there like it's yeah. it's Meant wired to be, into yeah, our brains yeah. like you look at like a plug and you're like it's a face yeah it's your brain right. kind of works that way and what they suppose is that they can improve on that by digitally wiping the face that's already there and putting 90s low budget <laughs> cgi effects that's really in much. its face and that you won't you won't just keep the babies cute but you'll also be able to to Add actually attitude. get them to act. <laughs> you, you'll be able to get them to 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 Sass. sell Macy's products yeah. uh, or, or Crash Bandicoot. I'd sell or, my soul for a video game. Um, so do you also product placement? Well, uh, ugly, ugly product placement. But before we get to ugly, ugly product placement, um, do you know one of the? When he oh yeah, when he, under yeah, the, under the little Macy's like thing. Falls and then it, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I don't know like they must have had some sort of like a string or something Pull the baby. well you know how they did a lot of the stunt work is they used little people and just digitally replaced yeah, their the, faces the back flipping the back flipping is one sure example of that where the, it looks like a at the very least it's a child at the age of like 11 as opposed to a baby but even things like when they're swinging through the air Andrew there's a weird moment at the end where they play like it's it's, it's like remember a, that movie you just watched. It's like an immemorial section. Remember all the babies we lost along the way, where they play back the footage of the film with a little sort of country kind of almost folk rocky song Not playing. Folk rock. This is know, hardcore. So. This is Christian rock, and that's yeah. that ties into what you're saying about the dog movies. Yeah, is that you find out in the end that this is like a baby is a miracle. Like it, it's one of those kind of things. procreation, not recreation. It wasn't quite. No, the, the, this is this this is um, yeah. It's more on the Christian side of of uh, of rock. It's very kind of like soft. It's like if we love one another. The like Christmas shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which again is, is what, what this movie's going because it looks like it was planned to be really Christmas. But they, they played a sequence of the three babies swinging down on ropes. Well, and yeah. An- Andrew was like. Looking at it, I was like, when did that happen? <laughs> I realized I'm falling asleep. It, it, the, the, the montage at the end is very strange because I was like, oh, they're just replaying bits from the movie. Yeah. But some of it is not. Some of it's like, these are the toddlers on set yeah. being kids isn't that cute and then, but that's juxtaposed with here's uh, and then small people the here's little people pretending to be babies swinging and, it's like, yeah. and, and do you remember when we did cgi baby dancing yeah i remember yeah. that too a little person with his head cgi'd over and um, it was one of the worst things i've ever seen and then it was still wasn't <laughs> over because <laughs> they gotta get one more hilarious gag in oh the with end. the end uh, what happened at the end? The, the, so he jokes about they're going to have to pay him 20 million to be in the sequel. Oh, yeah. Which is Mel Gibson money or sort of Jim Carrey money at the time. But that's not the joke. The joke is the title, The End, appears, but it goes over his diaper as he's walking away. But Yeah, that was really ah. upsetting. <laughs> There's a weird emphasis on on babies. On baby. Kit Kat and Sush. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 
mean, they, they knew what they were making. It's weird the reaction of the guy whose job it is to ferry the kid around. He says, what are they feeding these kids? It's like, every day I never get used to how bad it smells. It was, was it uh, P.U.P. Uh, was the name of the company? He got, and I was like, I like bad puns as much as the next person. He got, he, you, that's wrong. No, it's bad. It's not yeah. it, 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 like the that's worse than something you would say. Thank you. Yeah, this yeah. is that bad. Thank you, Andrew. I, I I'll take the compliment. But yeah, it, it is. If just... you had worked on this movie, it would have been better. <laughs> How much better? I, I don't. mean that. Oh, thank you. And yeah, the bit where he's crawling around, he has to escape through the dirty dark. By the way, what? Baby Geniuses Inc., which is apparently an evil company, right? But somehow they're washing the diapers and bringing them back every day as opposed to buying disposable ones. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. They're helping well. All the these genius babies are cleaning <laughs> themselves constantly. They're still babies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, the repeated references to, was it diaper they're gravy? They're geniuses, by the way, because they run out in front of cars. Yeah. They nearly get attacked by dogs and hobos. That's what makes but the dog it, gets they subtitled. They can't handle things. That's what makes it so confusing is that I had thought before I watched it that it was like a they were augmenting the baby's intelligence like it was like right. a deep blue sea situation exactly because otherwise so they've got five they've got five babies they're yeah. making them super smart for whatever reason precognition and then, yeah and then future crimes <laughs> but yeah. actually in the complicated lore of baby geniuses all babies are geniuses Oh, yeah. In their secret language. Yeah. <laughs> because they are born with the knowledge of all things. And then when they cross over, they forget it all. So, That's the part that makes so, sense. So the babies are just hanging around being babies. And yet also they're geniuses. So there will be scenes of all the babies in that are in this captivity. Kind of sitting in this kind of akira-esque kind of round table of of freak experiment children <laughs> kind of discussing what's to be done and like there's one spock baby that really hates sly and all this, this kind basil of, or basil basil, basil. The, the judas baby that actually <laughs> quite likes kinder turn, like a2 basil oh, kathleen yeah. turner i am so sorry so they're they're like kind of sitting around like a meeting of the minds but also they're they're babies, but I'm, also <laughs> I'm presumably no different from other babies either. Yeah, yeah. Because like, if a baby is really a genius, why does it need to like wear a diaper in the first place? Like, what, I, I the, actually I don't want to. I, I changed my mind. I don't. Want to know. <laughs> Just in in terms of yeah, in in terms of that, there's the really weird thing about the crossing over, which is like okay. It's- it's a real corruption of the idea of the kind of half clever idea that the movie is based on about 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 not not, not um all knowledge being remembering, but the, but the the whole idea of that is that when 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 you are born, you're at the point where you have the least access to all of the knowledge from from uh, from your previous life because your soul houses the intellect. But you did the, the um the way it's told in stories is that you go through a kind of like a river of forgetting, 
um and, come out and then yeah yeah exactly um and then and then throughout your life you're you're recollecting things you build it up which again, explains yeah. why you can kind of learn things uh, a priori yeah. just by kind of um uh, uh asking a person to reason about something then you you can get somebody with no education to, to kind of understand kind ideas. of complex mathematics yeah. uh, where where they don't have any um experience or schooling but there there's something in their mind that has some connection to, to, to this knowledge. It doesn't say that you get you 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 you're born and you <laughs> know understand all, all languages the and can play Beethoven and back. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, this is the thing. We're again. This is in the context of like nineties, and you know, I haven't done one of these in a while, so excuse me. But it has this sort of like context of like corrupted Buddhism in the style of things like was it seven years in Tibet? But even say the Gnosticism of like the Matrix that we're going to talk about next week. But things like say all things happening in in the X Files and all this sort of like New Ageness that was kind of creeping around the edge of Hollywood. If you look at stuff like Michael Pillar's work on Star Trek, like you have this weird fixation in Hollywood in the nineties. With this idea of kind of this vaguely Eastern, vaguely native spirituality and just sort of folding that into, as you point out, commercialism. Because this is very much a toy commercial. You want to buy your kids Crash Bandicoot. All all beings are pre-born with the knowledge that you should buy Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. (laughs) That they would sell their souls. Yes. They would sell their immortal souls, which come with all their pre-knowledge in order to play that sweet, sweet Crash Bandicoot game. But it, it seems like, like, Baby Genius Sly wants to, um, watch... Oh, I just realised it's what? a slide whistle. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you should have written this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. So, um, <laughs> So yeah, he 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 wants to play video games and I guess like sniff his butt and smell it and stuff. He's a genius baby. Um, he watched too much TV. Yeah, they had said at one point. So I guess like he's been corrupted by a decadent the, the world that I described because he's very much like a Sonic the Hedgehog, Bart Simpson type baby, like, baby with attitude. Yeah. At one stage, does he have a leather jacket on? I think he has a Vista baby as well. Yeah. Yeah. And he does the 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 Ally McBeal. He's a oh. baby. Yeah, again, we won't talk about '90s stuff. It's worth noting, by the way, that um, this guy sucks. We're so not, sassy. McNichol was starring on Ally McBeal at the same time that this was happening, and Cottrell had just started on Sex in the City. So there's no excuse for them to That's, be involved. That, in it. that I mean, if if this is worth considering at all, uh, this film, and it's not <laughs> <laughs> to preempt my own question. But, um, it's the the culture artif- cultural artifact of it where like Kim Cattrall is one of the stars of the biggest thing on TV. Yeah. But she's doing a movie like this. I don't know if that would happen today. Like, yeah. it, it feels like today you're kind of a big TV star. That's enough for you. Or, or you want to move to a prestige Yeah, piece. You'll, you'll move into kind of bigger movies yeah. or I know with like People Netflix now it's like you'll do you'll do TV okay. and you'll do maybe Netflix movies yeah. <laughs> maybe if it's on yeah. the same Yeah, you, you can't imagine Kit Harrington despite his many problems with say Pompeii or with uh, MI5 not 9 to 5 you can't imagine Kit Harrington's version of this where he's like nuzzling up to Kim Cattrall and being like uh, yeah yeah, like yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I think if um, well, I suppose um, uh, Kit Arrington's a married man, <laughs> uh, but uh, any, anyway, sorry. Um, the um, 
Also, the moving on the um, use of great escape music and Batman sixty six music during the fight sequence as well, which is another weird. Who is this movie for? Is it for children who have seen the Great Escape? Is it for this? Is the weird? Yeah, this is like because now you have because of Pixar, you kind of changed the game with regards to children's entertainment, or even something as not great as say Ugly Dolls, pick an example, or Angry Birds two still has, like, a basic understanding of, like, theme and accessibility and stuff like that, where it's... Kids it's tend to like them. Well. Yeah. Do but kids like this? I don't know if kids like this. I mean, kids it got five sequels. It got like seven. things that are bad. That that, <laughs> kids have terrible taste. They may be geniuses, but they have terrible, terrible taste. I but, say that. I'm quite happy with the taste I had when I was a child. I, I feel like I watch things that are still um, uh, relevant, like... Uh, Postman Pat, Fireman Sam, Tom and Jerry. The, the purity of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember we t- us talking about what you were doing in 1999. You were watching Black and White Hamlet. Um, Lawrence oh, Olivier's that was Hamlet. A little earlier, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the, that, that was... Andrew was a baby genius. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, um, but, oh, what, um, does anyone, I, I have one more thing about this movie that I enjoy. And oh. I, I'd like to challenge uh, uh, both of you to um, to come up with something um, of your own that you enjoyed in this movie. So I think I mentioned that I liked uh, Sam McMurray um, in this; that he was a kind of a balm um, for 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 like a brief few seconds of a terrible scene. Um, but I I, I I felt like he saw man getting hit in crotch, man getting hit in, in the crotch. Uh, Kim Cattrall's delivery of the um, uh, uh, bomb threat. Bomb threat. I enjoyed that. I, oh, I, no, I, 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 I thought that was great. She, she really, she really uh, got in there, and it, it, it probably the line wasn't that great, but it was something like I kind of like I'm gonna, um, I'm uh, uh, gonna blow the roof off this. I'm gonna like. Um, well, you wanted the cops. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's the thing about Kim Cattrall in, in particular, right? Because, I mean, we talked a little bit about, like, Christopher Lloyd slumming it. And, I mean, Kathleen she Turner. She's good in this. That's Kim Cattrall, well, Ka- yeah. Kathleen Turner as well slumming it, although she's she's high energy. Kathleen Turner has some moments. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing with... Ka- she's flirting with Sly. <laughs> Where she rubs his back ever so gently. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like we were worthy adversaries, weren't we? Um, but, yeah, it's more... <laughs> or the bit where she's like... I don't think I need to tell you what will happen if you tell anybody. Uh, but I mean, the thing with Cattrall is Cattrall came up doing these sorts of movies. Cattrall had a long and very career of making terrible movies. Well, she, she, she was in... Um, Star Trek Six. Uh, but... Pl- uh, Police Academy. Mission to um, Moscow, was that the one she was in? Uh, one of them, anyway, yeah. She was in the first one. Oh, she was yeah. in the first one way back when. Yeah, so she'd been around and a while. She was in, like, Mannequin. And, yeah, and uh, stuff like that. And she kind of... Even, even um, Big Trouble in Little China, like, the yes. energy that the actors are at there is is kind of like don't be afraid to go big or go cheesy yeah it's kind of silly b-movie yeah. yeah so i think like the issue is that unlike say you know peter mccall who'd done ghostbusters so, 2 or kathleen you, turner who'd done romance in the stone are Cattrell, you still thinking about the bit that you like i am i'm gonna get there in a second but it's it's more the Catrell thing it's sort of like she'd not broken big yet as there's all the sex in the city she hadn't sort of had her big moment and become like a recognizable star she'd been in lots of things you point out stuff like mannequin and stuff like that as well and stuff like obviously star trek 6 but she'd been sort of working steadily in these sorts of films and you could tell that looking at this movie 
she's perhaps the actor who's most comfortable with it. Right. To a certain extent in that she's... Uh, I, I think Peter McNichols probably is... Like, Cattrall <laughs> has higher to okay. go from here. I think yeah. McNichols kind of exactly where... <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's settled. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, whereas I, Lloyd is on the way down, Turner's on the way down. Yeah. You, we Like, Ruby D. I think, was the one that made me really sad. <laughs> Like, she's the woman at the is she the, the yeah, she's, yeah at the she's she, one of the she, confusing she help has, oh yeah the... well, like Dom DeLuise it's like yeah I get the sense that one of the reasons why this place isn't making any money Peter McNichol is because you have a huge staff um, I feel like you could probably cut some overheads there as well or Dom DeLuise as well which is yeah Darren, why are you trying to reduce staff numbers at, <laughs> at, 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 a, at a crash <laughs> like um you should be look, looking out for the well-being of these children. Next thing you know, those those are gonna they're gonna unionize with uh, what's his name, Ice Lord, Ice Pick, Ice Pick, oh. Nose Pick. Yeah, um, I think Ice Pick is. He was not fun. I, no, no, I hated Ice Pick a lot. It's it's also the movie's treatment of him as well. Like it, he's an obnoxious, terrible character, but the way the movie uses him is somehow even more obnoxious than he is. Where he's the butt of all these jokes about. Gen Xers, or yeah, and kids where they have like tattoos and they they're like they don't gender conform necessarily. There's a weird thing where it's like use a mop, yeah, the one on your head, um, or the bit where like Dom DeLuise sort of ruffles his hair and it's like, what the hell is that? Um, where it just it feels weird. It was probably improvised and was better than the <laughs> use a mop, <laughs> the one on your head. Yeah, and it. But by it, the way, Sly. But it's it's really weird because again that's the weird who is this movie for because it's not for kids because it's like look at that stupid teenager look at how stupid he is aren't kids well, stupid when I was a kid I hated teenagers there's yeah, a that. great distinction to be made between kids and teenagers because when you're a kid like for me anyway I, for a start I didn't like kids. But I especially didn't like teenagers because I had time for some kids. Yeah, like the the stuff I was talking about earlier, the kind of like kid pair of kids on top kind of thing. It would be frequent enough to see, first of all, adults embarrass themselves, but also like teenagers. teenagers. Yeah, it's like, even stuff like Stand By to, Me. It was like kids against teens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and like it, it was kind of doing some of that as well. Like with I'm the, now imagining baby geniuses <laughs> with Kiefer Sutherland in the ice pick role. <laughs> but like so the the move here is not to have ice pick kind of wander into scenes in, in costumes improvise badly and then kind of walk out again like if this were if this were well thought out he would be kind of mean to the kids in some way or and like, would justify his and, they, and then they would kind of mess with him or like right make him think he's like losing it or, or pull pranks on him and stuff but instead they, they, they can't think no of reason. any stuff to do with him so they they hypnotize him and they say he's got a mop on his head yeah you can't have well i i understand why you can't have dom deloise say you stinking kids (laughs) (laughs) i hate you damn kids because that's america's dom deloise (laughs) can't mess with that but if 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 you wanted to do that with ice pick like have him be kind of unpleasant yeah Yeah. like you know in the simpsons when like Maggie goes to the, the daycare. Yeah. It's yes. The Great Escape. Yeah. Like, that could be something. Yeah. <laughs> this is nothing. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of things that I liked about this movie, I'm tempted to say that it ended. Um, but, but the way it ended with... <laughs> 
that chopper scene was straight garbage because the, the Batman the, sequence. Yeah, <laughs> the slow motion so Batman sequence. Because like the idea with a with a with a with a chopper is like you're loading onto the chopper and you get the kid on and then the the um, little ladder rope comes down and Kathleen Turner is on it. So someone tries to grab onto her. Peter McNichol does. Yeah, gets kicked off. And then Kim Cattrall gets on it because at this point the, the helicopter, helicopter has, not has gone lifted. no further <laughs> off the ground. Yeah, but also also the wonderful and, slow motion shot of the stunt the double heli- for Peter McNichol falling, but it's in slow motion and he falls all of like five feet. Yeah, but it's it's like oh no. And then the helicopter um, is like surrounded by. We're waiting for the and coral land, sound land, to rise in the soundtrack. Lands again. Yeah, it's like oh, I guess a better land. Yeah, you can't, doesn't want anyone to get hurt. No, <laughs> like this movie does build to its this can't, this movie about sassy babies does build to its logical conclusion, which is a fight scene between Kathleen Turner and Kim Cattrall, <laughs> <laughs> featuring the shocking revelation that Kathleen Turner actually is not the Kim, aunt of, of Kim Cattrall because Kim Cattrall was adopted. But we don't have time to get into all of that. <laughs> <laughs> with the, the wonderful line. I would have felt really guilty hitting my aunt, which is strange. A strange sentiment. Um, where it's like I feel it's, like you're you're allowed hit your family. Yeah, Sorry. I feel like somehow it's no, it's no, less no, of you're not, you're if, not. They, if they kidnap your if they kidnap your child though, yeah, to I, take them to Liechtenstein to experiment on them. And possibly found a multinational, multidisciplinary. Yeah, she hates Liechtenstein, but their like their regulations are around really child experimentation. Are really or, bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, in terms of things I like, I like the general late nineties of it. I like the weird sort of Matrix esque style of there's some truth that's hidden that you don't know, and that there's a purity in the world, and the world that you understand is just a lie. And you have to kind of you know, there's a sense of losing that man. If you're an adult, you you don't have access to that anymore. Be orphans everywhere. Yeah. Remember that? Where are they all now? <laughs> um, but also, even things like, say, the weird Truman Show esque village that she builds for the kids with the weird, sort of like painted on skyline. It's like a weird Twilight thing going on oh, with the or weird like little minority model. report, maybe? Yeah, that's what, with the model houses as well and the little sort of style. And like the fact they dress up babies like prisoners and stuff like that in the style of the prisoner. It's just this weird hodgepodge of kind of like late 90s anxiety sort of thrown on a pot, simmered and served up to you while actually still like food poison inducing. It's it's amazing. Um, I do. I find that aspect of the film absolutely fascinating to unpack, particularly in the context of, you know, if we're looking at movies from 1999. I don't feel like Luke should feel like he, he missed an opportunity here or... You know, he got the short end of the stick. I think this is a very 1999 movie, as it were. Do you want- Darren says making a pitch. Um- Do you want us to say more things that we didn't like about the movie before you say, <laughs> uh, uh, say, say something that you like? I'm on board with this. I, I can't say anything that I liked in this movie. I didn't like anything about this movie. Is this the worst movie you've ever seen? It is. I- really? I, I got about a half an hour in last night and I was like, I actually think, all irony aside, that this might be the worst movie I've ever seen. Or at least the movie with the least value. Ah, like, okay. It it made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it made me feel constantly like I was checking how much longer was left. 
it made me feel, it made yeah, me feel really, was, yeah. really sad for people like Kathleen Turner yeah. and Ruby D for having to be in well not having to be but, but for being in this well I mean to be fair to Kathleen Turner Kathleen Turner's talked about how her role sort of dried up at a certain point and how she didn't really have that many options as a woman over the age of 40 in Hollywood I mean she ended up playing Chandler's father and friends in one of the less particularly like memorable or sort of uh you know, yeah, flattering, flattering yeah. aspects of both friends and to, sort of 90s culture to be in general. fair like Ruby D did get an Oscar nomination after this oh what she get it for before she died wasn't it um, American Gangster she's oh okay she's, uh, Denzel she got an Oscar nomination for that I think yes. she did okay should we go to the fact machine check well why not <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was, if if the answer is no, don't tell me because I was clinging on to that. <laughs> that got you through the movie, the belief that you know. Um... But no, yes, she it... got an Oscar nomination for best supporting actress in two thousand eight. There you go, good for her. See, no, Baby Jesus has a happy ending. In like, there's so much kind of insufferable parts of this. Like they, uh, Kim Cattrall and Peter McNichol. McNichol are in the car driving and they're calling the operator and the operator is like it's oh it go like this is a short movie yeah but it, it's like that's another so one let like, me get this straight we have half a joke so what we're gonna do is it's better than that's, the non-jokes that we've had so far yeah. so we're gonna repeat it you're to you you're telling me yeah so and they're oh. <sighs> But they're just lifting that wholesale from Home Alone, and oh, like yeah. it's not—it's not an original idea. But, but it's not even executed. But they're—they're yeah. they're doing that Home Alone bit. Yeah, and worse. <laughs> but, Badly, boring. But yeah, it—it it, it just shows that you can't just do it. And like, even if you're someone with a lot of credits in Hollywood, and and you know, I'm not going to say Bob Clark is didn't see an underrated genius or misunderstood. No, but he, he knows how to get from beginning of a project to the end of it. Yeah. He, he, he's, and he's done influential stuff. Like, yeah. Like, like, I mean, like, a Christmas story, Christmas, uh, Black Christmas. Black Christmas, Christmas well. Oh my God, you're right. He is Shane Black. But if you're not trying at all, <laughs> or, or if you just have no idea of what it is you're, you're trying to do, you can't just switch it on and, and do it. So even a, a very basic scene where they're calling an operator or whatever is painful to sit so through bad. because it's 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 carried out so badly. So no, there's I, there's nothing. I've got <laughs> so nothing to, to to say in favor of this movie. It just made me feel so horrible for ninety minutes. Uh, and yeah, I think it is because even the very worst movies I've seen, there was something in them. That was interesting. That was interesting or, or of value. This had nothing. <laughs> it really? just made me feel so bad. You didn't feel like you picked up any possible useful information about like chapter 10 research grants? Um... <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No, I wanted to get the key to all knowledge. But when I asked the movie to give it to me, it just looked at me in a coy, knowing <laughs> <laughs> way. Blank. Yeah. Yeah, the... Is the we didn't really we mentioned the crossing over earlier, but is there something? There's a lot wrong with the tone of the movie. The crossing I, over was quite disturbing. Yes, actually. that's exactly it. It's, it's a of... death. It's basically a death of a baby. It's like a death. <laughs> it, it, no, it's, it, it's, it reminds it's... me of the. Um, it's this, there's an Andy Daly character who's like, um, man, this, this party is terrible. It's like a it's like a funeral for a child, <laughs> and like a child that a really good one, like one that one that people like. Um, there's that aspect of kind of crossing over where it 
it's not directed at this like Clark's direction is not good here to be entirely honest to be entirely clear with the slow motion the fisheye lenses the lots of shots of baby's feet feet running there's lots of really weird insert shots of like baby's feet walking in diapers there's a weird preoccupation with babies running in diapers I don't know what that is the language they use to describe like baby (laughs) in this is particularly upsetting (laughs) they 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 call it diaper gravy and you're like diaper gravy that's a bad gag but then they do it Every single time that they talk about it, yeah, like so. Even like, the dog says it in subtitles. But I mean, like, so you know, tone is not this movie's specialty. But there's the moment where, like, they're in the arena with one of the babies, and How it's did like they not come out of the big uh, uh, bundle full of diapers with like a big swollen eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, about this. Oh. <laughs> 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 like, thank you, Andrew. But but the thing about the crossing over sequence is, is that it's, it's, it's the thing about the crossing over is that it is it's like it almost feels like a werewolf transformation sequence in any other movie where it's like you can like because the baby's like ah, 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 and it's like what's he doing? It's like he's changing. He's lost to us now. It's like Coco. <laughs> the <laughs> last just, person. Who remembers you dies. Yeah. yeah and it's like, what What do the other, like, it, it's a very strange I mean, moment totally because it's like, we've just lost our friend. It means surely, nothing. Yeah. In the surely, well. the moment, surely the moment where they say, Dada, Mama, then they've turned and there's no going back. Yeah. Otherwise, what does it mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, could you just talk to them anyway? Where it's like, say, Tell you what, say Dada and just watch what happens. Yeah, you know, yeah. Then kind of what? What's yeah, the point? It, it, yeah. it makes no sense because Luke is pointing out quite rightly earlier on that the the this this they, it's where where it's explained to us at the beginning how the kids in their research facility are geniuses and are one in a thousand, except every child speaks. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, and and then and then later where it's like the the turning thing is that there crossing. is the, yeah the, the crossing there is a point where children go from um their kind of communication where they they, they, know, they, everything. they know everything and can communicate with each other um, and possibly with dogs yeah um, they understand every language Andy. yeah the um and and then there is the point where they cross over and must learn to communicate again but on a very limited um, basis. Uh, basis and they can't do Where, karate anymore yeah. no <laughs> exactly they can't, they can't be recruited to the baby army <laughs> but yet they, they can also do all that stuff before they like like they they can they, they can, can say, say dada English and mama words. and stuff yeah. like that beforehand and it, yeah it's but yeah it's really strange because it's say like don't do it yeah it's also the, the really creepy moment where his sister's like I know you're not wit and like you get this really intense close up on his face with the CGI mouth and uh, the sly man is like she's gonna be a problem. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I remember looking at that and like like the I think it was like the scene before where she's looking at him with the other kids and he's like kill him. <laughs> and then when when he looks at her he's yeah. like kill her. Yeah. It's That's it's very th- much like one of these when he, yeah. It's like you want to see him, fl- you expect to see him fluffing a pillow at that point. <laughs> the thing is, they, they, they have no idea what what this is or what they want yeah. to do with it. Like, the, the stuff where it's like, oh, say mama, say dada, they love that. You know, that 
I understand because it's like, okay, if what if babies could communicate with each how other? How strange would it be how adults freak out about it? You know, yeah, like Secret Life of Pets. Yeah, it's like, so. oh, what you know, what do they know about how we see them? And, yeah, and that kind of thing. Right. But they obviously couldn't come up with more than one of those. Yeah. So that just kind of sits there awkwardly. Yeah. And like the whole, the, the plot, it's like, okay, there's a secret science thing. There's kind of a Prince and Popper thing that they don't really do anything yeah. with. The crossing over. Nothing to wit, eh? They don't, <laughs> they don't know what to do with that. So yeah. it just, it just is trying to figure out what it's, what it's doing for 90 minutes. And then it ends. And then it shows you a montage to trick you into thinking that actually <laughs> see, it did, did know what it was we wanted doing. To do. <laughs> the babies had a journey. It's like a, it's like a PowerPoint presentation of itself. Yeah. <laughs> Hastily in, arranged. In conclusion, great movie. Uh, Thumbs up. <laughs> so yeah, and you'll be pleased to hear, Luke, that despite the fact that Sly crosses over at the end of this film and Wit crosses over, and you think that's the end, there is a sequel. Did they lobotomize them? Did they get them talking again? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? But yeah, there's a really... Look at his brain. <laughs> no! <laughs> you <idiots. laughs> Yeah, is, is Wit stupid you or... You Also, yeah, also they're, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> telepathic. Look how stupid he is. Yeah. Look how incredibly stupid he is. You can see it in his little fucking peanut brain. Again, like again, if they're bringing... Like if <laughs> Sly Manor or whatever is going into the real world, and 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 Wit is going into the secret baby society, yeah. the move there is like that. Wit is like a normal baby, and he and gets so all the smart babies yeah. doing like baby stuff, yeah. and and I don't know. That's a couple of scenes, mm. and like Sly Man's in the real world, but unable to cope because he's, he's acting been in like a, lab, a genius, yeah. and he's, he's acting, like, hey, you, know, you heard of Eskimo, but he's doing things. <laughs> That babies aren't meant to be doing, and the the parents are like, "What's going on here?" And like, he's. I heard he beat up a homeless man. Yeah, <laughs> homeless man. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did beat up a, a homeless man and steal his his clothes. That's something they thought should be in this movie, but. but <laughs> I love that. Like we're still at this point. You're like, wouldn't it be great to be a baby? You beat up homeless people, and nobody could stop you. Um, it's a very strange movie. But but that's what I that's what I find fr- so frustrating about it is that there's no I don't think there's any world in which this is good, but <laughs> there is a world in which it it tracks from beginning to end. <laughs> this is just a mess. Yeah, like, this is diaper gravy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that about wraps it up. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh, <laughs> let's end this. Let's end this yeah. Um, but yeah. So two things. First of all, we we ask guests to recommend something for listeners that they've enjoyed, but also where they can find you online as well. So if you if you sort of like have anything you'd like to recommend for listeners to try, and then maybe where they can find you. Um. See, I'm trying to think of something to, to recommend. I suppose a palate cleanser. I should recommend something from 1999. I suppose. Well, there's a lot of great stuff there. I mean, Cruel Intentions was number three at the box office this weekend. Is it doing the Matrix next? Next week, yeah. yeah. I, I just saw that because they re-released it at the at the Lighthouse recently. Yeah. Um, so I saw that on the big screen for the first time a couple of weeks ago. This is the uh, digital print. Is that what it, what did it look like? Was it? It looks great. Okay. It lo- that movie is really, really, really good. So, <laughs> <laughs> what, listeners, to what, skip ahead to next week. That movie yeah. and, and, and listen in. <laughs> Someone had to do this one. <laughs> somebody had to. Somebody had to jump take, on this bullet. 
That's okay, because we have the Tim Roth pianist movie if you want to join us for that one as well. I still don't understand what the... <laughs> I can't take that information into my brain because I think that we this has destroyed We have to reward it. you with something yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for that. So we'll be doing Super Babies. So yeah, watch, watch The Matrix. It rules. Like It's, it's it so really good. Does. Uh, yeah. And then listen to, listen to the episode next week. Um, and you also you co-host another podcast called the Breakout. World, yes, we we've just started a podcast ourselves, the the Breakout Role podcast, where we watch the first starring roles of, of famous Hollywood actors and actresses. We've got an episode out already at a Nicolas Cage starring yeah. in Valley Girl, a very entertaining kind of eighties teen comedy, and we have an episode coming up on Nicole Kidman in the cultural artifact, <laughs> the Australian film BMX Bandits. Wow. Whoa. Kind of jumping on the, the BMX craze of the 80s with with uh, with a couple of kids going on adventures that don't involve Baby Craddy or, or anything like that. They just involve BMX tricks. Have you seen this yet? <laughs> yes. Do the BMXs have pegs? No. Oh. <laughs> and Andrew's out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's big hair. It's synth. It's it's Nicole Kidman on a bike and being replaced really obviously with like an adult man stunt <laughs> on a bike <laughs> doing tricks. It's it, 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 yeah, it's it's something. Cool. So and that's August that. episode, isn't it? Or yes. Is, yeah. Uh, and what's in September actually? Because that that will have recently been out when we've released this. Uh, September still episode. Up. We have yeah, got uh, Sama Hayek is on the slate for that. Oh, for cool. uh, Desperado. Oh, and Andrew, Andrew is suddenly interested again. Um, Sorry. So that's interesting because it, it's quite a contrast going from Bally Girl and BMX Bandit to Desperado, which is regarded as distinct from those two films and being a kind of a well-loved film. To Bally Girl is actually good. Right? I mean, <laughs> if you've not listened to our episode, I actually I kind of like Bally Girl a lot. But yeah, Desperado is definitely it's a, cultural a different thing. beast. It's, but it's, and yeah, we kind of we talked about it and we decided to do Desperado in particular because that's Hayek's kind of introduction yeah. to American audiences and wider audiences. Like she had done some uh, work in Mexico before that, yeah. but we, we, we decided to look at this and yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it yeah. uh, a lot. Cool. A better 90s movie than, uh, <laughs> than the one that we've just talked about. Um, all right. And Andrew, something you recommend and where people can find you online. Um, I would recommend the um, Robin, Mil- what, yeah. Robin Williams movie Toys, which not everybody <laughs> likes, but the the kind of anxiety around robotics um, in this movie kind of reminded me of it, um, and and I I I I like it. Um, have um, have a watch if you can if if you can find us. Tell me what you <laughs> if you think it's terrible. I'm on Twitter. At A-Q-U-I-N-N-I-U-Q-A. Darren? I would like to recommend, and recommend is a strong word for this, but again, if you want to get a sense of what the modern successor to these sorts of movies is, there's a talking dog craze in cinema at the moment that is absolutely fascinating. It's not good, it's not great, but it's weird and it's odd and it's eccentric in a way that studio films really, really, really aren't. It has its own, like, um, so The Art of Racing in the Rain uh, which is a movie that's ostensibly this sort of like prestige drama. It's a cancer family drama about a man trying to live his professional dream while balancing the demands that his wife's family places on him 
and the fact that you know she may not be as healthy as she wants to be while wrestling <laughs> sorry <laughs> perth uh, i think is the word that kevin costner uses to describe there's a horny dog oh there is there's a moment where um somebody wrongs his master and kevin costner's talking dog gets revenge on him by eating a chili pepper and staying <laughs> staying indoors on your man's freshly cleaned carpet and letting the results of that chili pepper go to work. It's the movie's weird diaper gravy sequence, but imagine a diaper gravy sequence in a movie that was otherwise <laughs> otherwise kind of pitching itself as like My Sister's Keeper, for example, or like The Notebook or something along those lines. But yeah, with a, with a joke about dog crap. So there's yeah. Gonna, there's going to be more poo in movies in the future, isn't there? Like I it's um, <laughs> expand on that. I don't know. Is is there? It seems like there was probably a a point within our lifetimes where like it became um, acceptable. acceptable, and they've just been pushing the boundaries more and more. <laughs> or well, actually, been, actually, are the, is poo played out in movies now, or is there a big poo? Movement uh, is there a uh, is there a movement behind uh, this? I think is what you're asking. Uh, Poonesa's coming. <laughs> there, uh, there's there's bird poo in the trailer for that. Um, I mean the Clark uh, Christmas movie. Yes, the Last yeah, Christmas with uh, <laughs> on by like a pigeon or something with Emma so Thompson. Maybe yeah. written by Emma Thompson as well. In, in, the, in the Little Women trailer. No, not the Little Women. <laughs> this Last Christmas. Ah, okay. Little Women's a different trailer. Um. But yeah, I, no. Because I, I didn't remember it, like any <laughs> in the. Little <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's like I was watching. I was taking careful note. I was just for my trends. Andrew's working on a book at the moment. It's going to be published. Um, I'm sure the critics won't poo-poo it. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's my. Um, so it's a uh, <laughs> hot take. Um, I don't know what I'm. Yeah, hot sorry. Off the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Number two bestseller, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, yeah, just playing uh, <laughs> But anyway, so with that in mind, you can follow the podcast online at the two hundred and fifty on Twitter. You can listen to us on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, wherever good podcasts. And sometimes not so good podcasts are available. Uh, if you like us, please feel free to hey, leave a review. I don't want to put any other podcasts on blast. <laughs> I think we were putting ourselves on blast. Though. Ah, like, yeah, okay. Modesty, yeah, yeah. No, don't, li- don't listen to this. If you <laughs> listen this far, like... You're probably committed. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But no, or should be committed. But no, thank you very much. No, we are. We continuously shock the people actually listen to this, and it means a lot to us. Um, and if you do like us, please feel free to leave a review uh, or spread the word online as well, actually. Uh, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what should they say in those reviews? Uh, well, actually, I'm about to dictate that. Um, but no, next week... Uh, Who should back- they say is their favourite? <laughs> <laughs> Luke. Luke is the answer to that question. For um, this episode, I feel like I deserve it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could everyone give some love for... Luke. Yeah, uh, for I mean, Luke in, yeah. in the review please yeah. I, I asked Luke to do this I had not seen the movie beforehand I want to say I'm a good enough person that if I had seen the movie I wouldn't have asked him to do it but I'm, I'm not sure I can commit to that but uh, no thank you very much actually we really really thank appreciate you. it that's yeah. an oddly phrased apology but I will <laughs> <laughs> thank I like you, to pretend I'm a better thank, person thank you for having me on because um, at least now I've, I've processed it <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Dredderick Tatum if I had to do it again I would definitely reconsider it <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I've crossed so I like I, I like Luke he's a nice guy but I'm gonna make a widow of his wife <laughs> and orphans of his children uh, but don't, don't they have a wife I imagine she would die of grief um but yeah sorry so no not that um but yeah so thank you very much we'll be back thank next you. week with the wonderful uh, alex towers and grace duffy will be joining us to discuss the matrix fine look Bye. at them <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.